Welcome to Two Dope Professors, the podcast. I am the fresh professor. He is Dr. St. Clair. And if you think you know two professors doper than us, then homie, you must be smoking that dope. Ganja. What's happening? Shit, man, it's trying to survive. What's up with you? Not much, superstar. I seen that. I seen that ad. Oh yeah, you know it's a little something, something. <laughs> <laughs> he was all saucy with his. He had the what was that? A a, a champion family uh, sweatshirt you had on? The champion family shirt, yeah. <laughs> nah, that's cool. I thought it. I thought it was great imagery and messaging. You know, like um, the quote that it had that you, that you that you put on there was bomb. Mm-hmm. But then I also love that you know you got this young black man and dressed how you want to dress, and at the bottom it says you were the academic director of the NBA program. Hey. Most people probably like, is he one of the students? Nah, right. homie, he's the boss. <laughs> I mean, you were also swaggy, and you know I feel like you were doing some some corporate level thirst trapping, homie. <laughs> You know, I feel like some that was some academia <laughs> thirst trapping going on. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna post that on LinkedIn soon, <laughs> and then Shoot, it's also probably you know? gonna be on fucking Tinder or you know, <laughs> something like that. Somewhere they're swiping right or left. Throw that on the dating profile. That's hilarious. <laughs> Match.com. Oh, <laughs> Corporate thirst trapping is pure comedy, bro. Like that. Nah, <laughs> but, uh, but real shit though, I I, I love it. Because normally I um first of all, I'm not even on Instagram like hella. And then if mm-hmm. I do, I'm not look paying attention to any ads and shit. And so I'm yeah. like just swiping through, you know, scrolling through. And I'm like, that's the homie and shit. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this? And so I looked at it. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. That's why I, I screenshotted it and sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty tight, man. Honestly, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird feeling, but whatever. I think it's cool, and you know, it's for the culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, nah. I, shit, you know, I love it. But uh, appreciate it, man. Stuff. Did they pay you extra? <laughs> they didn't, but I was like, you know what? Buy my book or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right, look, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I saved this for you because I want to mm-hmm. hear your first reaction. I'm hoping that you don't have thoughts already about this. I'm hoping that you haven't heard this before, and you probably have, okay. but I just heard it earlier today. Right, Kanye mate. West. Have you heard about yep. Kanye West? Mm, I know he's getting a divorce. Kanye West is getting a divorce, but that's not what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> is, that why, is that why you were corporate thirst trapping? Because Kim K oh, is on the market. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, man, who, who, what friend of a friend can get me an intro? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is she single, ready to mingle? And you call him bingo? <laughs> What's the appropriate amount of time to wait before I holler? I mean, as soon as that ink dries, I guess. There you go. <laughs> what's up? But what's happening with, 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 uh, with Yeezy, though? I'm glad you haven't heard this. Kanye West is reportedly worth $6.6 billion right now, which makes him the richest black person in America. I don't believe that. That's my reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Based on what valuation? It's on every news outlet right now. Sure, I mean, but they they can release these stories. For example, they manipulated um, Kylie's net worth. To, to be able to say she's worth a billion. 
Yeah, that was, that was based on some valuation that may or may not have been a little, a little fudged, you know. But how, but how off can that be? How off do you think that could be? It, it ain't six point six. It's four point six billion. You know, I can imagine it's right. It's seven billion dollars off. I'm skeptical. Okay, but how skeptical are you? Like, it isn't six point six billion. Um, it's two billion. Like, what do you think it really is? If it isn't that, do you, do you think he's uh, at least in the billions? That's a good question, man. He could be. I mean, you know, the or the streetwear industry, fashion industry has crazy high margins. So I would imagine that's where he's making the money because I don't know if he owns enough of his of his musical work to be making money like that. Well, he also, um, you know, he owns good music. And so he has huge artists. He has 2 Chain. He has Big Sean. And so he yeah, has. Yeah, but that's a artists. sub label. I don't like, you know, like tons of fools have sub labels. That doesn't mean. Usually it's a vanity label is what it is. It doesn't really, it gives, it gives them some creative control, but no ownership is my understanding of it. Well, That's why did, I'm skeptical. It's like, from what? Well, I did see, uh, um, I did once see and read some stuff about Big Sean beefing a little bit with Kanye and wanting his masters from Kanye, which makes me mm. think Kanye owns his masters, which is where, you know, you would make a lot of that money from, which makes me think that he probably owns the masters too. Um, you know, he has two chains. He also has um what's he have? Pusher T. Pusher T, Big Sean, Kid Cuddy. And some R and B and some R and B singers too, I think, are on there. Um and then himself and then his clothing and shoes and I, I don't know what else he was doing. But um so this is my this is my question for you, sir. Mm-hmm. This is my yeah. question for you, Mr. Uh Mr. Casual a- academic program director of the nba program (laughs) whatever your official title is um what's your reaction to that i feel like kanye is kanye's an interesting person to um to internalize the fact that he's a black man in america and potentially the richest black person in america but he's done some pretty polarizing stuff in the eyes of black america yeah he does you know that's a good point i didn't think about the full representation of what that means because Kanye is a complex individual and his journey has definitely been a wild one I mean like there's definitely old Kanye versus new Kanye I'm definitely a bigger fan of old Kanye <laughs> than new Kanye old Kanye is one of my favorite uh, uh artists I would say for sure so it's I don't know how I feel about that I, have to, I think I have to process a little bit about what that means uh, but but at the same time it's like I'm still skeptical. Where where did that money possibly come from? Mm. Um, I just have a hard time believing that he got six billion from the shoes. Although I was thinking about the shoes earlier today and how big they are, and I was thinking about and and also Pharrell has Adidas, and how I was I was like, what what did this really do for Adidas brand, and how much did it blow up off of that those those deals? So maybe there's some some other info out there that can kind of be more supportive of the of the billions i would still man i would just be super surprised if that's the case and let's say it's true if we if i entertain that um i think i still feel like he is sick and he's not well and maybe sick's not the right word but he i think his mental health and wellness is still something that um is an ongoing challenge as it is for many folks but I say that because I, you know, I cannot support the stuff he was doing with Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? And then trying to run, actually run for president. Like, come on, bro. This guy, 
he needs help. That's not something that, that I think many, many folks would do unless they weren't in their right state of mind. It's kind of like Ice Cube, kind of like doing doing some shenanigans with Trump, and it's just like, and what are you doing now? Lil Wayne got a pardon or whatever, which is cool. He got his he got his record cleared. So I'm like, okay, I see, <laughs> I see the move that you made there, you know. But I don't know. I I I have mixed feelings for sure. But you know, mixed people sometimes have mixed feelings. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, so that's perfect. I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to a couple of those things that you said. Um, I don't know why it sounds like I'm interviewing you now. Like we're not co-hosting this podcast, <laughs> but I'm interviewing you right now because I want to know your thoughts. But uh, yeah. okay, so a couple couple things to unpack there, so that we remember to come back to them. One, I do want to I do want to have a discussion about um, does does the perception of Kanye's the perception that he has maybe that he's dealing with some mental health challenges. Does that lead or entitle him to receiving a pass from Black America? And so that's one mm. thing that I want to come back to. Mm. Two is, what what's going to happen to all of those rappers that supported Trump now that Trump lost, right? Mm -hmm. And so if he wins, maybe there's something they get out of that because he's still in office and they're, they've been able to leverage that relationship in some way, but he lost. Right. Mm -hmm. So what happens to those rappers? And there's a wide range of them. There's big name yeah. rappers like Kanye and Lil Wayne. And then there's other rappers like Little Pump. Um, Waka Flocka is one of them that supported mm -hmm. Trump. And mm -hmm. I want to get into the conversation about uh, brand equity. Does that matter mm -hmm. in this situation? Do the do the artists with more equity? Are they safer, you know, in this situation or, or are they all in trouble? Or are they all good? You know, is it not going to matter in general? So put a pin in that. I want to come back to that. But I'm, okay. I skimmed through the CNN article and it says the vast majority of West. Let me see. The vast majority of West's wealth is tied up in his apparel businesses. The combined value of West's West's. <laughs> Why the fuck would they make me have to say West's when I'm reading West, this shit? West's. Of West's. Yeezy sneaker partnership with Adidas and his clothing line with The Gap is worth a combined $3. billion to $4.7 billion, according to a UBS report published in February. And then it goes wow. on to say he has an additional $1.7 billion in other assets, including some investments he has uh, with his, his estranged, estranged, man, fuck it, with Kim K., <laughs> um, I'm tired of these words I can't say. It's yeah, it's too late in the day for making me use vocab words. <laughs> right. And his music catalog is worth 110 million and he holds 122 okay. million in cash and stocks according to, okay. to according to Bloomberg. So the shit sounds kind of legit. Well, and if UBS gave that report, that gives me a little more confidence cuz you know that's what they do. Uh and yeah, fuck man, who knew apparel and fashion was that I didn't think he had that level of product adoption or or equity in in those brands. I mean, I knew people really fuck with it heavy, but I mean, didn't what did Supreme just sell for? You know, I missed that. Let me Google that. Did Supreme, they just sell? Supreme sold for only two billion, bro. Oh wow. To VF, we're uh. Oh, VF owns that. That's who owned John Barbados back when Chinder I worked for John Barbados. They own hella like Vans and yeah, all okay. kind of other brands. 
<clears throat> so they supreme if supreme's only worth two billion how is kanye worth three and four billion that's still so i still i'm i'm still i think healthy skepticism but if he's if I, I do believe that he's a billionaire and he's probably worth at least half of supreme so at least a billion i would say this is based on me <laughs> this is my my own perception sample size of one you know what i'm saying right but that's just based on supreme and the clout that's, that supreme has and the history supreme has yeah, man. You know, I'm going to say that um, I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I'm going to say I, I couldn't imagine it's too off. You know, I couldn't imagine it goes from six point six billion to not even a billion. Like, I, I'm I'm yeah. pretty convinced at this point that he's he's a multi-billionaire. And so um, my reaction to that is probably, you know, I'm I'm torn, homie. I got some cognitive dissonance. Because cognitive dissonance. Yeah, if I'm if I'm being if I'm being real, like I don't fuck with the new Kanye. Exactly. <laughs> like if we're talking old Kanye and new Kanye, I absolutely do not fuck with Kanye like that. Exactly. And and I haven't been and and it's it's it maybe it's unfair because I do think he has some mental health challenges that he's dealing with right now, and maybe I'm not yeah. being compassionate enough about that. But I just honestly don't like to see someone that has that type of influence, mm -hmm. um, you know, that type of influence on our youth. Right. You know what I mean? Black youth yeah. specifically, but youth in general, mm -hmm. you know, putting out the type of messages that he's putting out, man, and yeah. doing the things he's doing. And so I'm mm -hmm. just not down with that at all. But where I have the cognitive dissonance is I love seeing a black man, you know, come to power like that. Right. And, and you know, build his way up to that wealth that you know is important. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. when it comes to a lot of these issues that marginalized groups of people are faced with, um, I I hate to say you know that it all boils down to money, but money is the fuel that gets us where we're going. Oftentimes, you know, uh, Simon Sinek yeah. recently said that uh, you know money is the fuel that fuels businesses to get where the business is trying to go and use that analogy of a car and, and mm -hmm. money being the gas, right? Yeah. Like the point of the car isn't to get gas, it's to get somewhere. But if the only right. way to get somewhere in your car is to have gas. And so- That's a great analogy. It's amazing, right? And so I, I'm just, I'm torn, man. I'm like to yeah. see this black man, you know, come from where I, where I remember old Kanye coming from. Right. We yeah. all remember Okan. He was one of my all time favorite just artists. I say artists in general because he was a producer and rapper. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, he was one of my favorite. His first few albums are some of my favorite albums of all time. And but his more recent behavior, it isn't so much the music. Because I actually don't listen to much of his music anymore because I don't fuck with him. And right. so his more the more recent Kanye, it's just I'm I'm left torn. I'm like, yeah. I feel like, you know, the, in my core, you know, the me of me, I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be rooting for this black man. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Like I'm, I should mm -hmm. be rooting for this black man. I, I should want him to succeed. And it looks like he's finding success, you know, at a high level. And, and I root for that, but I'm also just like, that's just sending a fucking terrible message mm -hmm. to people that I'm super concerned about that message going out to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you put it really, really well. And does anybody, when can anybody 
get a pass for supporting white supremacy. Right. At, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm going to, what I think I'm going to do personally is, you know, try to reserve judgment because, you know, yet let he who is without sin cast the first stone, right? So I think I want to cut him a, a, a break, at least I don't, don't want to cancel him. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture, but to be, to, to have justice and restorative justice and to reconcile, to have recon, reconciliation, there's got to be some process where you make it right. And so I'm, I'm waiting for him to make it right because him just getting dough is not, doesn't make it right to me. Him making good music doesn't make it right to me. You know, he's got to do right by uh, the culture and his people. He's got to make his mom proud. And I don't think that that's what he's doing right now, to be honest with you. Hey, I feel you. You know, he has to atone, you know, and 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 I'm all about giving people chances because I know I've been given a lot of chances in my life. And, and right. like you, you know, I'm not quick to, to cancel people because there's been plenty of times I probably should have been canceled in real life. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. and so and and I I like to believe that I've been able to atone for a lot of those mistakes that I've made. And so I like to give people room to also atone for their mistakes. Why I'm using the word atone right now, I don't know. I don't think I've ever used it ever in my life. And I just said it like five times. That's the best <laughs> word. Well, and, and you, I think you touched on another, just give people room, give people room to grow, right? So it's not like we suddenly, we turn a certain age and now we're perfect human beings. You know what I mean? That's not what adulthood is. And as I hear you and my siblings, you know, talk about how, they're raising their kids and the challenge is funny and, and wild to be like, damn, my parents were my age when they had me and I thought they knew everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. But little do I know they're still dealing with the same daily struggles and questioning things and doubting things and still learning and trying to grow. No one's perfect. And so just 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 having that seeing the other side of it and thinking about how we as adults are still on that journey of growth, or at least we should be you know, is, I, I think that's helpful for me to recognize that people need room to grow, people need room to atone and reconcile, make things right. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, you got to love people differently from far away, oftentimes, if they don't show like they're trying to change their behavior. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so his success, and, and maybe circling back to your point about brand equity, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he gets any more or less of a pass given his brand equity or given his his situation where he's dealing with mental health challenges. I don't think that gives him any more or less of a pass than anybody else. I think that he's got the same right to a chance, a second chance. <clears throat> Excuse me. He has the same right to a second chance or, or, or more as the rest of us. And right now he's in the, so to speak, doghouse because for me personally, because I cannot condone him uh, uh, messing with Trump and, and, and supporting white supremacy and nor insane. And, and at least, but I will say this, at least I have some understanding that I've seen his mental health challenges and his journey. I've seen them because it's been so public where I say, at least I understand that, you know, he's not well, or he doesn't seem to be well to me, but for folks like freaking Lil Wayne, Ice Cube, I'm like, I thought y'all knew better, especially Ice Cube. Hmm. who's been so diligent and, and thoughtful in so much of his work and influential in so much of his work. 
and, and including the types of roles he takes in film and television. Uh, and then to go and try to make a deal with the devil, so to speak, it just it's just like, where the hell did that even come from? What were you thinking? Right, right. So so what do you think about that whole situation with Ice Cube? Um, so from what from what he his his explanation of that situation was that um, he wanted to make a deal with whoever won the presidency. He actually didn't care who won the presidency and he wasn't supporting one candidate or another. He was just like, whoever wins has the power to make change. Here's a list of demands or whatever it may be. Here's a contract. What was it like the contract for black people or something like that? What, mm. what was it? I was, first of all, yeah. who, who gives, who, who says ice cube, uh, speaks for all <laughs> black people and he gets to deliver this, this contract. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I will say, and part of this might be me defending ice cube. Cause I'm, lifelong ice cube fan he's probably one of my top five favorite rappers of all time and so i i have a lot of bias in that situation but in his explanation in his explanation um he he wasn't trying to support any candidate he was just like look whoever wins here's the contract for black people this is what if you want the black vote then this is this is what you need to be doing for black people and i don't really care who it Mm -hmm. is and and yeah. he said the only party that actually got back to him to talk about that was Trump's party. I mean, tr- you know, Trump's people or whatever. I don't think he ever spoke to Donald Trump uh, directly. He sure. he spoke with some of Trump's people, and he yeah. said that uh, Biden's people was like, "Nah, we'll just talk after the election." And so that's his explanation. He's like, "I wasn't supporting any candidate. I was like, fuck it, whoever wins, this is what I want to happen. This is what black people, us black people, I'm here all it sounds like a David on behalf Chappelle of the black speak. delegation." Yeah, like <laughs> I I must have missed that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and then so so I read a little more about that and um so come to find out it wasn't just Ice Cube came up with a contract, you know, the contract with black people. There was actually a mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of a committee and it was made it was up a black of, delegation. It was a black delegation, and oh, it was man. made up of uh, black lawyers, black ac- academics. Um, there was a, there was there was quite a few people involved in creating that contract. It wasn't like Ice Cube hmm. sat down and created a contract and said, "Here's the contract for black people." I think he hmm. just became the face of it because he's Ice Cube. Hmm. And so, what are that's your thoughts about that? That's what I that's what I read about, and and that's Ice Cube's explanation for that situation. I, I mean, my take, my biggest thought on that is he needs a new PR team. <laughs> He's fucking with the wrong people because the narrative that I and everybody else I, I speak with heard was basically he's on some bullshit and what is he doing? He's tripping. Right. <laughs> so that's my biggest takeaway there. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of problematic things with that, but that's for me, that's the number one takeaway. What do you what do you I want to know what you think? Um, to be honest with you, if I'm taking Ice Cube um at his word for what he said, I understand what he was trying to do in that situation. And so he it was rooted in the idea that black people for decades and decades have been just giving their vote away to whoever you know the next president is and have and have gotten nothing in return. And so it was rooted in that idea. And he's not the only, you know, black person that I've heard 
you know, have these feelings and whatnot and express these feelings. It's the idea that like we're giving them our vote and then we're not getting anything in return. They don't do shit for black people. And so Mm -hmm. I think it was motivated and rooted in the idea that, look, if we're going to give you our vote, then we need something in return. And so they came Mm -hmm. up with this idea of this is your contract with black America. My thought is that I don't I don't judge people based off of whether or not I think that their plan is going to work. You know, I, I, I'm not going to judge the type mm. of person you are, I should say. I don't judge people's character based off of um, how effective I think their ideas or their plans are. Right. And so do I think that was a good plan and a good idea? I don't know that I think that that was a great plan or a great idea. But do I think the intent behind it was cool? I kind of feel like the intent behind it was cool. You know what I mean? I feel like why he, why he and that team of people who create that contract did that was in the right it was in the right place and and they did they did reach out to biden's team with that same contract and wanted to have that same conversation but biden's team turned them down and so that's why the story came out and was like he met with trump and he you know he offered this contract and black votes it was like nah he he offered it to both of them trump's people took him up on it he met with some of the people on trump's team to talk about it that's actually what really happened like he never met with trump and Biden and them really did, you know, turn down the conversation with him. Now, to Biden and them's defense, I don't know that they needed to take that interview. Like, he's not he's not the, the anointed black person for the black people that anybody needs to answer to. But I but I yeah. just feel like it was I feel like it was motivated by the right thing and rooted in the right place. I feel like. And so his bottom line, <laughs> you know, I hate saying bottom line because we always talk about triple bottom line. Ice Cube's mm. bottom line is the idea that he was trying to address um he was trying to address a lot of the systemic issues. And in his opinion, the only way to address that is um through the accumulation of wealth. And he was like, until black people have enough wealth to make these changes happen, it shit ain't ever going to change. And so well, that contract yeah, okay. was all about black people accumulating some type of wealth. That's interesting. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely different approaches for sure. Um, I have a bunch of thoughts about that, but just to keep it brief, is the key to salvation from all the shenanigans that capitalism has done to people more capitalism? I don't know is you know accumulation of wealth through what to me this there's a point where it's like you got to think about what's going to create real systemic change and the short-sightedness of let's accumulate wealth let's uh let's have more criminal criminal like let's increase the hate crime laws those might help wealth might help and hate crime laws might help but what's causing that shit in the first place and the reality of it is white supremacy and the system that's built up to support that, which is profit-driven dri- profit at its root and power-driven at its root. And I'm not going to say it's capitalism because I think that that's a misnomer. I think that profit motive and capitalism are two different things. Who owns it is different from who profits from it is different from who controls it. Those are just different things. I just think that Cube, maybe his heart was in the right place. And I'm not saying it wasn't. But what I am saying is I think Cube, like many others, is misinformed. Let's back it up a little bit. So as it got closer to election, 
more and more rappers started to publicly announce their support for Trump. Mm-hmm. And some of it, if not all of it, or a lot of it was rooted in, you know, the whole tax issue. And so some of it might have been in jest, you know, 50 Cent um, later mm-hmm. on, you know, said that that was he was just fucking around. But he was just like, damn, that's, that is a hell of a lot of taxes for someone like him, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think some of the other rappers responses were in that similar space. But what do we think happens to all these rappers who supported Trump? during that election, during the, the past election, now that Trump isn't in office anymore, what do we think happens to their brand? So now we're into the branding conversation. And and I say that to say, um, some of these rappers have a lot of brand equity and some of them don't. And so I'd love to have a conversation about the rappers and their brand and how their brand is impacted based off of that uh, support that they demonstrated during the election. You know what's going to happen to the rappers and their brands now that Trump lost? You know what's going to happen? I, I'm guessing you're going to say nothing. <laughs> the exact same thing that happened after Chris Brown abused Rihanna. Nothing. 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 We're going to listen to music. And I know there's other... Who else, who else fucking like beat up beat a woman and we're and uh we and we're still listening to their music we canceled r kelly i think that's appropriate um i'm like didn't tory lane shoot megan the stallion yeah tory lanes and and people are still fucking with him i'm gonna come back to that because um i want to dig into that a little deeper but it's interesting because i was reading i was rereading i have to do uh i have to do the fucking community scholars presentation tomorrow and i'm doing the branch oh shit and it's like some nice. shit that it's been so long since I've worked on the brand jacking stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back and reread some stuff. For reread like your own review. paper. <laughs> well, really like <laughs> the, 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 uh, the lit review stuff, you know? And, um, yeah. so I can actually tell the story. And so I was right. went back and was rereading some stuff on brand transgressions. Coincidentally, right. by an author whose last name is Trump. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. (laughs) And so uh, um, one of the main findings in that specific paper is the idea that people, consumers are generally not willing to forgive brands transgressions if they impact the consumer personally or they conflict with the consumer's morals, with their own personal moral compass and their own value. Mm in ethics and so that mm-hmm. conversation about you know chris brown and 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 some of those artists do we do we forgive them do we care um do we not care and it's interesting but if we think about the finding from that paper it suggests that um one only if we think it personally if affects us and so maybe there's a lot of people out there like as long as he didn't beat my sister or my mom you know i'm not really tripping which is terrible right and um or right right or some people you know within their moral compass um domestic violence sadly enough isn't isn't high on a lot of people's list of do not do's and right. so um and i'm not saying i'm i'm speculating here but i'm saying that that paper would suggest one of those two things is happening sure. there man i completely agree and that's reminding me of another concept from 
from branding and behavioral behavioral marketing, behavioral science. And that's the whole idea of strong versus weak attitudes. And I think you might have been, you were like, I don't really fuck with the NFL anyway. Like I'm not a big NFL fan. And then they're and then they're blackballing cap. And then I'm now I'm really not fucking with the NFL. Like that was an easy decision. Yep. Yeah. I think that was that was you. That right? was me. That, that was, was me. That? But uh, just to I'll I'll add in now now I'm back fucking with at least the Indianapolis Colts because the homie Marcus Brady is the new offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, right. But right, right. But you're not you're not one of those people that's like you got NFL uh, Game Pass or whatever, and you're watching all the you know you're not, you're not a super fan. Right. You don't have a super strong NFL attitude, and because of that, it's easy for those types of situations to change your opinion. So so some segments, yeah, people who are personally affected, moral conflict, or uh, people with weaker attitudes are probably going to stop listening to Chris Brown, or at least stop listening so much right. and stop fucking with Waka Flocka and Lil Pump. But folks. Folks like yourself, so so folks like yourself who love Lil Pump, you're still fucking with him. <laughs> I love Lil Pump. I know you love Lil Pump and his song with Kanye. And, and that's song. on repeat. I didn't even know he had a song with Kanye. Oh, and I, what, it's, it's like some very obscene ass song, right? Yeah. I won't say the word no, say it, for say the sake it, of the I, children I gotta listening. Uh, nah, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't put it on the episode. I'm really trying to remember because I remember he had like they had like all some right, all right. super obscene song. You're such a fucking. I love it. Now that's say Doctor Saint Clair. <laughs> nah. Mitchell Mitchell L Hamilton, March 18th, 2021. I should say no. I do not condone the release of that <laughs> soundbite. Hey, you, you, come on, you knew there was a trap there. <laughs> You knew I set a trap, and you still I'm walked on record into the saying trap. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> I haven't even finished my presentation for tomorrow and shit, man. Go like, finish your presentation, bro. Let's, let's, nah, let's fuck stop that presentation. Right I'll be honest with you. <laughs> fuck that presentation. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and smash that like button. And if you really want BG, go ahead and rate us five stars. And follow us on Instagram at 2 Dope Professors. Until next time, guys, we out. Peace.